Hey folks, my name is Andy Sido, and you're listening to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. My guest today is singer, songwriter, guitarist, and harmonica virtuoso, Nick Clark. If you've been a listener of this podcast for, uh, for any amount of time, you've heard Nick's voice. Because he's been on the show a record number five times, three times as a guest. He was one of the very first episodes, one of the very first couple. And then um, I had him on again right before he moved to San Jose for this internship. Um, you know, doing, He was living uh, with, and still is, living with Kid Anderson and in San Jose and working on records um, and living there. I think I said living there twice. Anyway, so it was, a, it was a great opportunity for him. So right before he went out to San Jose, we uh, we got on and chatted. And now he's been out there for a couple years. And he just made a record, a children's record that just came out on Little Village um, record label just a couple weeks ago. So I thought, well, you need to jump back on. But he's been on twice as a co-host, once with David Dondero, um, David is a wonderful songwriter, and, and his style is is different. It's out there. He's just a very honest and brutal songwriter. Um, but he was, he was a wonderful guest, and then also he was a co-host with Mickey Raphael, who's been Willie Nelson's harmonica player for the last 50 years. So Nick, uh, I naturally needed Nick to ask intelligent questions. And not to just plug the Patreon right off the bat, but one of the special contents in my Patreon bag is uh, after the interview with Mickey, Nick just asked him some harmonica questions, and it's really cool. And that is not available to the public. It's just on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy Sido. I exploited uh, Nick to uh, get me some Patreon content. I didn't know at the time. Okay, it just worked out that way. Anyway, so Nick has been on the podcast too many times. <laughs> But I had to have him on again. He's uh, he's just a very dear friend, and we chat all the time. And he was over at the house, too. He's in town right now visiting his family in Colorado, so he came over to the house. And uh, we did our thing. We went to old Chicago for old time's sake, had a drink, came back, and um, and did this at, like, midnight. So here's our, here's our conversation. And Nick also asked me some questions, too, because... Um, because he does what he wants and he had some things he wanted to ask. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just a back and forth dialogue. We're patting each other on the back mostly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's great chatting with Nick. It always is. Oh, quick announcement before I forget. I mentioned last episode that there would be a season break. There always is around this time of year. This might be the last episode of the season. I haven't decided yet. I might do one more. Um, but th this could be it. And... The reason I do it this time of year is I, I get burnt. I love doing the podcast so so much, but I get a little bit burnt out after putting them out weekly for a year or how you know, or every other weekly like I was doing for the first couple of seasons, and I just need a little bit of time to uh, to take a break, and and recuperate, and get some get some new guests and stuff like that. But also this is a, a busy travel time, so and I'm I'm going to be on tour. Solo this time for the first time. I'm just going by myself. Um, so tour dates Midwest, mid August through mid September. Um, I'll be in Grand Island, Nebraska, at Lair of the Swamp Fox. That's a house concert on August August nineteenth. You can look up Lair of the Swamp Fox uh, if you want to. Lair L A I R of the Swamp Fox uh, if you want to go to that. August twentieth, I'll be at the Zoo Bar in Lincoln. Uh, August twenty first. At the Focal Point, a listening room in, uh, near St. Louis, and then in St. Louis on August 22nd at BB's Jazz Blues and Soups. That's also my dirty 30, turning 30, and I'm going to go see the Cardinals Pirates uh, in the afternoon before my set. I'm going to baseball games on all my off days because that's what I wanted to do. Um, August 24th, 26th, and 28th, I'll be playing at Eddie V's, which is a piano trio deal, piano bass drums. I sing and play piano. Um, and on the 24th and 26th, I'll be playing with Danny Gottlieb on drums and Chris Croce, Croce excuse me, on bass. I don't know who I'm playing with on the 28th. Some, some great, awesome people, I'm sure. 
But uh, anyway, so that's it's a great seafood place, and I enjoy just playing all kinds of songs there, originals, covers, whatever. On August 25th, that's a Wednesday, I'll be at Moxie Nashville downtown at 9 p.m. until midnight. Um, I'm going to go see the Chattanooga Lookouts, I think, on August 29th. That's the Reds AA affiliate. And uh, might go see a show that night. John Moreland's playing in town. Um, then I'm going to see the Louisville Bats, the Reds AAA affiliate. You know I'm a huge Reds fan. Um, on the 31st, September 1st, I'm going to see the Cincinnati Reds. September 2nd, I'm going to see the Reds single-A affiliate, the Dayton Dragons. So I got like five days off there, do some fun stuff. Uh, my best friend, Kevin, who gets brought up a bunch. Kevin and Nick are my both best buddies, and I guess I have a few others as well. But Kevin's getting married. Um, he was my roommate for seven years in Cleveland, so that's going to happen for a couple days. There's the whole week-off thing. Then on the way back... September 6th, I'll be at Eddie V's in Detroit, Michigan. September 7th, I'll be doing a house concert in Pawpaw, Michigan. Um, shoot me an email if you'd like tickets for that. September 8th at Eddie V's in Chicago. Um, September 9th, Knox County Brewing Company in Galesburg, Illinois. September 10th, I'll be at the Listening Room at the Lark in Hastings, Nebraska. And September 11th uh, b- uh, at Bader Memorial Park, in Aurora, Nebraska, as a part of an outdoor arts festival, and September 12th at Mummy Hill Winery in Ray, Colorado. It's a great, uh, great spot for a show. I've played there a bunch of times. Okay, so that's what's going on with all that. Quick thanks to our sponsors. First off, PQ Mastering. Patrick at PQ Mastering, who's been with this podcast since the very first episode. Thank you, Patrick. Um, puts the finishing touches on this podcast and for any of your audio or restoration needs go to pqmastering.com also narrator music for simple and affordable licensing for sync visit narratorrf.com also musicians who are composers as well um, who do you know producing or whatever check out the narrator website and, and hit up Jack if, you, if you're interested in contributing some library music because Narrator is currently trying to expand their catalog a little bit. So musicians, there's an opportunity for you. NarratorRF.com. And it's called Narrator Music is the name of the company. Okay, let's jump in. Ooh. rock star trying to pay the bills middle class rock star trying to pay the bills trying to climb that mountain don't know if I ever will middle class rock star T-shirt with my face on it And, can I swear? Yeah Oh, I can't People don't give a shit There we go That was maybe a little dramatic, but I like the song (laughs) Are we going? Did you, yeah yeah, okay. we're going. Did you just come up with that when I was in the bathroom? Yeah, I thought it would be cool. Yeah, maybe it's a new a new theme song. Maybe like an outro or something. Yeah. Or like if you get like if you get if you start getting ads, be like plugs in the middle, like in in or out of plugs in the middle of the show. Oh yeah, I like that. We have the sponsors. We have sponsors. Yeah. But I mean like once you get like stamps.com, you know, yeah, yeah, big yeah. money. Yeah, right, right, right. Squarespace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who doesn't Squarespace sponsor? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what Squarespace is. What's that? Uh, what's that one where they drop off food? I forget that one. Oh, the Blue Duck door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blue something. Yeah, there's blue in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in there somewhere. Uh, you know, I feel so relaxed this evening. You and I are hanging out. We're hanging out in person. Yeah. Which I, I the last in person one I did was Taylor Scott uh, yeah, a couple tidy. months back, and then. And then before that, it was like a year. But yeah. I feel so relaxed. I, I do research. Like, I talk to you on the phone all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do research for these yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, you do. I did no research for you whatsoever. Because yeah. I just, you're in my brain. I've got like a little yeah. pamphlet. Yeah, yeah. 
Page 267, <laughs> Nick Clark started having self-esteem issues in second grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Loves his mom a little too much. <laughs> Man, but also, like, to be fair, like, the other guests that you have, like, you... Some of the... Most of them you speak... This is the first time you've ever talked to them. Like, I, you, you know, we used to hang out couple times a week but now we hang out at least on the phone we talk on the phone at least maybe two or three times yeah a month if not a week briefly sometimes but yeah we talk on the phone we we touch base at least weekly but sometimes it's very quick yeah yeah so i don't know but i i mean i like our conversations yeah no matter how short agreed um, but I do miss the days when you slept on Kevin's couch. Yeah. Do you still have that photo? Of your butt crack? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere. And butt crack is very, that's, that's like nicely put. That's like my whole butt is like yeah. out of my pants. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> that was always so funny because you and Kevin would be up until four or five in the morning. We'd go out. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like 1130, we'd get back to the house and yeah, I'd be like, all right, I'm retiring for yeah, the night. yeah, yeah. yeah. And you and you and uh, Kev would stay up till four or five in the morning. Then I'd get up to go running at seven or something, yeah, yeah. and seven thirty. And and this happened multiple times. I only got the picture once. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be on the couch. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes very flattering, sometimes yeah. less so. <laughs> and sometimes uh, your you know your pants were mostly off. Yeah, my entire butt was out in that photo. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I'll but you know, it's funny you say that the the way. Yeah, because it's called Middle Class Rockstar, and it's about music and all that. You describe you going to bed early, and then me and Kevin staying up all night. It sounds like we were like, but we were like watching like cartoons or like the last waltz <laughs> while eating candy. Like it's. I feel like yeah, but I feel like that's. I feel like that is the rock star life. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a myth. Yeah, yeah. Like that is like people are like you can't do drugs in your 20 it's just like you also can't do sugar <laughs> you know like that will get you also yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, anyways. Uh. yeah i miss him too i actually yeah but you know you you kind of you know especially like during the pandemic at least the the f- first half of it we were kind of going day by day and you're like oh this thing might go but then when you saw like this how serious it was i felt like people didn't know what to make of it and so there was this small this little this little nuanced feeling of like this might all go up in flames you know because during that time the early part of the pandemic you know what the number one movie on netflix was tiger king no that was that was in the middle of it oh the very first couple of weeks like i'm talking like the first and second week the number one movie uh. um on netflix was that movie contagion with uh, Kevin Spacey and Dustin Hoffman, and it's all about this virus that comes out and like eradicates the human race. Oh basically. my gosh! So that's where people's heads were. You oh. know what I mean? And so I'm all say- I'm only saying this because like when when I think about those moments of us hanging out, almost you know half of the week, you know those years of doing that, I do miss them, but I'm also when you when you're faced with like the possibility of civilization now looking back how naive that is but when you in the moment thinking about that you're like oh man those those are great memories to just have and so to have them have happened mm-hmm. is way better even though we're not in that stage of our life anymore yeah yeah that's all i was gonna say well, it's I'm, long-winded <laughs> i'm curious what the netflix show is gonna be like that highlights yeah this time yeah, and yeah. maybe it's not maybe it's like uh historical fiction or something yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i know i feel like this pandemic if they were going to make a movie about it it should be directed by kevin smith you know the guy that did clerks because oh. it was just a big hangout in a lot of ways and, i mean i shouldn't say that there were some pretty intense moments and kevin spacey can't be in it because he got canceled yeah rightly so yeah one kevin down <laughs> yeah, yeah, so many more to go. Yeah, exactly. We're so, we'll get to work. On such it. a tool name, <laughs> dude. He was talking about that. How every th- Kevin talked about. There's an actual <laughs> show on Our Netflix. Kevin, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talked about what's the show like. Uh, it was like, uh, what was it? Like Kevin is a piece of trash or something. Some yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny, man. <laughs>
so you just <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> um it's so great having you here nick it's fun man it's awesome um I want to jump into the re- we're going to talk about so many different things in the next yeah. however many minutes that yeah. I want to jump into the record right away so we don't forget about it. Yeah, yeah. You just put out a new record. When first off is the coolest part of it like that all the name dropping rights that you have. I mean Charlie Hunter played on the record. I mean no, what, I mean what do you Yeah, okay, no. So I okay, to be honest, because uh-huh. it's a children's record. Right. Let's just say that. It's a children it's yeah. a children's family record. It's called Love Your Life, Songs for the Whole Family. And it really is for the whole family. And so to be honest, there's multiple reasons cuz everyone asks, you know, cuz especially here in Colorado, I've been playing music here since I was 12 years old, and this is my first release. This is my very first like actual mm. record i did an ep but i never put it online or anything like mm. that so is it because my mom did the album art and you didn't like how it turned out no i love i actually just framed it actually tonight because yeah. you get you dropped it off oh the original art yeah 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 we just framed it it's now it's it's i love it but uh people ask like what made you do a children's record and there's a bunch of different reasons seriously there's not one specific thing um but i've actually had this idea in the back of my mind for a few years and it took a long time for me to actively get to the point where I was going to pursue it and so the fact that it exists this idea this passion project this thing in the back of my head exists and I went out to try to get it made and the fact that it's made is the is the ultimate reward but then the fact that it came out my whole thing was like, I want to make a children's record that's super funky and really groovy and like taken seriously. And so I want to get real musicians and to play on it. And the fact that that real musician thing like expanded into a way that I didn't see coming, like that's just an icing kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I've said this to you and I said this in the FM radio interview we just did yeah, yeah, five yeah. minutes ago and yeah, I'm going to yeah. say it again that this record to me feels like the Shrek of children's music Yeah, because you you take your kids to the movies Yeah, it's for the kids but the parents like it just as much and maybe a little bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. if you don't like Shrek you don't have a soul <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean that's, those are great movies and that's how I feel about this is, is there's really strong musicianship it's strong lyrics. I mean, sure, you have a couple silly songs in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But kids need that. Everybody poops, everybody poops, everybody poops. It's true. Yeah, yeah. How about you? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also have some really in-depth songs, and then you also have some really, I guess, lighthearted songs. I Love Music Yeah, yeah. at the end of the record is very lighthearted. But the whole thing is quality. I feel like Christian music and children's music, yeah, like yeah. you don't necessarily have to be good at it yeah, to yeah. put it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> totally no i i totally especially with 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 children's music man like i i i am a music nerd like you and so when whenever you f- find a new musical world you kind of do a deep dive and they're the kind of the uh the mother of all children's music is this lady named ella jenkins who's 90 i think 98 years old right now she's from chicago still alive wow. um and I found her records a couple years ago and really fell in love with what she can do and how serious she takes the musical, you know, element. You know, she does a lot of like educational, you know, uh, basic learning kind of songs, you know, where it's, you're counting your your basic numbers, counting to 10, you know, you're speaking a few words here and there. Um, but she also has these just songs and they're very hip and the majority of children's music since then feels like instead of engaging the kids as, as, as equals, as people that are existing, (laughs) you know, a lot of children's music is like to put them off, to get them, to get a break from these freaking kids, you know what I mean? And, uh. I know, so I tried to make a record that w- had substance like Ella's music, but also had this like quality that you can just kind of cut loose and enjoy as a, as a kid or, or as a, as a family unit. 
did you have any influences or not influences? Did you have anybody? And I, and I don't mean to trash on children's music or Christian. Well, I don't know. All I'm like, was there anybody that you listened to for children's music where you said, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, you don't have to say names, but you're welcome to. So no, there's not, there's not necessarily like groups or an artist or anything like that. There, there is, there's certain presentations that I've seen kind of as I've gotten more familiar with children's music where there's two types of, of presentations that kind of rub me the wrong way where you're kind of, mm. I guess pandering isn't necessarily cause that you're trying to win them over and it's not pandering. It's more like, it's like a uh, looking down upon kids and their comprehension levels you know what i mean sure so there's that where you're like you're coming out like <laughs> kids and they're like <laughs> yeah. i have an ipad since i've had an ipad since i was two like yeah since i was like negative one years old i've been around technology like, yeah i can i can do your accounting better than you yeah stop coming with this like hey kids <laughs> yeah yeah so there's that that i don't like and then there's this other thing it's kind of weirder thing more sinister thing where it's like, you know, like you wanted to be a rock star and it wasn't working. <laughs> so you became a children's artist. And it's like your your presentation is like when you. Taking the easy way out? Not necessarily just taking the easy way out, but it's like this thing of like. There's a couple of artists that I found recently where they're taking you got to have brand recognition. So you got to take a selfie once in a while. You know what I mean? But like when you have like four photos of you, like done up in like a rock star outfit and you just post them on your Instagram and there's like, there's no humility. There's no joking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's when you're wearing a leather jacket and a black and white photo <laughs> and you're a children's artist, you're like, and there's no kid also looking cool with you, and you're just having this serious face. You're like, "Okay, man." <laughs> I want to know. I want this exact record. I want a copy of it. It's weird, man. There's and there's like you. There are some records where like, I have a couple of slow songs on this record, or mellow songs. One one particularly slow song, but I kind of kept it upbeat and funky. And there's this one album I found where it is all slow piano ballads <laughs> and i'm like dude this is there's no way a kid listens to this like you're banking on like the parents having a soft spot for their kids and wanting to listen to it you're you're wanting to make music for that that cry that a parent has on f- after they drop off their kid at the first day at school like that's what you made an album for like <laughs> you're just like dude that's not that's not doing anything for a little one. You can't call that children's music. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. that's very long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's an interesting point that you make, um, both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but but then on the other end of that, do you feel pigeonholed at all? Like, now that you've put out... Could you put out a punk rock album next year with curse words all over it? Do you feel like you could do that if that's where your heart was? Uh, No, totally, because I... I could totally do it if that's where my heart was, but in, in all honesty, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this feels this feels like my lane. Mm. Like this, I you you know this, and this is like you know kind of a real topic. There, when we started hanging out, you were a songwriter. Wanting to like rock out, mm-hmm. and I was a harmonica player in all these like loud blues, blues rock bands, wanting to become a songwriter. Yeah, and then we had friends like Taylor, who's like just naturally both, <laughs> you right? Know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> and but the thing that I noticed is like we would have this songwriter round, you, me, and Taylor, Sid Scott Clark, yeah, and I'm sure you know, you probably noticed, we probably never really talked about this. You and Taylor would show up with new songs 
if not every week, every couple of months. And I, for the longest time, had like four or five tunes that I just had and didn't write anything else. You yeah. Know? Or I would have like... But you would co-write. Yeah, co-write yeah, with but, me. but I felt like... But I, I didn't have like a whole lot of... And I would show you new songs and you're like, that's great. And I never would play them live. You know what I mean? And so... And it took me so long to write a new song in that world. You know what I mean? But maybe it's because being an uncle, uh, kind of a more hands-on uncle with my niece and nephew, knowing that world more than, like, I think most people in their early 20s. You know what I mean? When when I decided I want to make this record, the songs kind of showed up really quickly. And And then you're thinking, like, oh... It's children's songs. How hard can they be? But I, I made sure that they weren't just like that type of children's song that you can write a whole album, uh, uh, you know, in 30 minutes. Like I edited lyrics, you know what I mean? I threw out stanzas. I, I did the work that a norm, normal songwriter does. But I think it's because I had so much insight and, and passion with being an uncle that you know it's like it's it's that common thing if you write what you know yeah you know and so i don't know how we got to this no (laughs) (laughs) but we're here yeah 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 dude as i'm saying like (laughs) i remember if you go back to the very first podcast i ever did with you yeah i was just like petrified to talk and now this is like my third one in and i'm like now I've lost my train of thought. The first two were kind of dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're, yeah. I have things going on, so I'm like, I'm a, a, ch- a chatty Cynthia. Cool? You have things going, and, you, and I want to point out that you're the first person to come on the podcast uh, three times. Four times, five times. Okay, you co-hosted twice, twice too. Yeah. Okay, so you've been on five times. You're like the Warren Zevon of yeah, yeah, of this of this podcast yeah, yeah. to your Letterman. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Well, you were, you just said you have things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel in your life different than when you last came on? You were about, when you last came on, you were about, about to, to head to San Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's one thing, because of, I don't really like the sound of my own voice, but because we were going to do this, I went ahead and listened to that episode. And there's only one thing that I want to, th- I we were talking about weight loss. And you asked me, realistically, if you had nothing else to do, if you only had to focus on your weight, how quickly could you lose the rest of the weight? And I said, oh, about a year. And then a few months later, the world shut down (laughs) for an entire year. Right. And I didn't lose all of the weight. And I think... That was, I think that was so funny because it's like, what a naive, well, not naive, but what just like, what a no finger on the pulse, you know, kind of situation. It's a naive question too. Yeah. yeah, But to be like, to be like, ah, about a year if I had nothing else to do. And then the universe was like, here is nothing. Here you go, Nick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lose that weight, pal. But I will say it's like, here's that year, but also everything's going to be on fire. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 good but luck. you look but also you look good i mean i i, I was Thanks, just bud. a facebook just threw up a picture of us like seven years ago yeah and there was like two of you yeah yeah yeah. you know i mean like you've come a long long way yeah where where are you at with that right now um dude like so i was talking and it's funny i forgot that i talked about it on that episode where i talked about being like you know I, trying to be on be comfortable with talking about being addicted having an addict kind of association with food right and that is in all honesty that's still kind of where i'm at it's like figuring out the layers of that and not trying to like think about it to the point where you don't become proactive it's just like i've been you know i I have friends that are in recovery for like things outside of food and the way they talk about it is like you know there's an ebb and flow to it that is um i feel like even though i was on the right track with kind of noticing the the relationship being out of hand with food 
I think I was still a little naive as far as like what what it really means to kind of face those things. And so I'm in the process of like facing those things, you know, and, and trying to have a, a form of accountability that isn't um, solely based on your will to do it. Because I think if you're if it's all on you. Um, as far as to, to keep the, the regiment, it's, it's harder to, to keep up. So I'm trying to put, put myself in situations where it's, it may be uncomfortable, but at least that uncomfortableness is for a, a benefit for a reason. If you had nothing else to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But I want to do this. Um, I, I, I don't want this to be an interview as much as a, a conversation, if that's okay. That's because my we, show, but yeah, We did an on. interview twice. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to have a conversation because this is like middle-class rock star. I, to me, the idea is like life advice for people who um, are trying to figure out their way in this, in this world of, of like music. But yeah. also, you know, just like perspectives that I think an average person that doesn't have anything to do with the music business could, you know, gain something from. So we're both in this interesting position where yeah. we just recently recorded very cool. And I don't know how open or comfortable you are with talking about your thing. Yeah. But like we both made, you're making me uncomfortable <laughs> on my own show. Yeah. But <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, let's, yeah, let's yeah, do it. The, let's the, jump in. I mean, can we say what you, what you did? Yeah. So you recorded an album with Eric Clap. No, I'm joking. So you recorded an album with Anders Osborne, who like is your to me, and I I will tell you wrong if you say I'm wrong. He's your number one influence. Absolutely. Yeah. There are other influences that may hit in moments in your life as as much, but I think he's been your number one consistent influence. Absolutely. And you record. He produced. A full album for me. For you. That's you know incredible. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, I mean, how, for you, like, what is this like, like, the, the journey to get to that moment? Like, how does that, how does that feel? And do you, like, do you also, like, what? Did you, there's no way you thought it would look like this. No. <laughs> I mean, two weeks ago, I got back a week ago. Two weeks ago, we're at the grocery store together. Yeah. Outside of Lafayette in, in Maurice, Louisiana. We're at the grocery store together, me and him. Yeah. And he's like, you like cookies and shit? You know, and like, <laughs> like he literally said that. And we're just walking around the grocery store picking up things. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, you want to get a six pack for you, you know, for yourself for the week? And he goes, obviously I don't drink, but get a six pack or whatever. We're sitting, we're just walking around the grocery store together. Yeah. Splitting groceries. And I thought about the very first time I saw him. My dad and I were at Telluride Blues and Brews Festival. I've got the poster right there. Yeah, my dude. dad got that for me framed for my birthday last year. And we're at Telluride Blues and Brews. I was a teenager. He let me have a little bit of the beer and the grand beer tasting. Nice. Um, I thought everyone was watching me and I was going to get in trouble, but probably nobody gave a shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were tired, so we were back in the tent. And all of a sudden I start hearing this music and it sounds really cool. That's all I know, but I'm tired. Yeah. And then he gets to the fourth song of his set and all I hear is, Body, body, Charlie Parker. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the hell? so I left the tent my dad followed soon after and I went up there and I see this guy with a jutted beard butterfly tattoos butterfly guitar rocking out and he's lifting his legs up like to his head as he's waltzing around stage with a sousaphone and a drummer and I'm just going what and it wasn't even first that I was like I like this it was what the hell is this yeah absolutely that was and but I was taken by Andrews right away because of how genuine it was. It was not a show. It was not an act. It was not, look at me, I'm on this big stage. Yeah, it yeah. was, I'm in pain, or I'm happy, yeah, or yeah. I'm whatever. And he was feeling it right then. Yeah. He wasn't playing guitar licks. He was playing what he felt. He was yeah. playing lyrically. Yeah, yeah. 
and I was drawn to that immediately. And being genuine is contagious because we've seen his career take off yeah, yeah, yeah. since that time. I mean, all he had to do was get sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but anyway, it was, well, in, in work hard for many years, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the talent. It was, yeah, yeah. It, he, he was able to put it all together. Um, to do that and then to be in a supermarket. Yeah, and then and then we're just hanging out at a supermarket together and just people, and I wasn't really nervous. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, is this really happening? But I was also, we were just bullshitting yeah, and yeah. talking, and he was a person, and I was a person, you know, and then and then we were, you know, we were in the pool, and Mike Dillon's in the pool, and we're just all hanging out chatting. And it, I don't know, it was, it was this kind of surreal thing, but it felt exactly right. Um, where yeah. both of our careers are at because yeah, yeah. he's at a, I, I don't think it could have worked out five years ago because yeah. five years ago I wanted to be yeah. Andrews Osborne, yeah, right? Yeah. I've had other influences, maybe more than five years ago, but yeah. I've had other influences, I've had other life circumstances, whatever, to where I realize how big of an influence he's been on me, but I also realize I'm somebody else. Yeah. So this was perfect right now. And I'm at a spot in my career where this is what I needed. I needed to do a record. I, I produced shit for myself for a while. I had producer before that. Yeah, yeah. I needed, I needed this to learn. I needed this for the next step in my career. Whatever it was, yeah. what I needed to do for him. He's at a spot in his career where he doesn't care about the banner concert. Really, yeah. he just does things he wants to do, and also he wants to give back. He wants to. Yeah. He wants to give the grandpa knowledge or or whatever yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the brotherly knowledge, whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah. and then musically, he just put out like this super soft acoustic record. Yeah. And I've been so confused about my musical identity, as you know, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just yeah. started going like, all right, I'm gonna be a folk artist. Dude, that's what I want to say. Like, not that I've always been one right but i've i i have um <laughs> always <laughs> but i've i mean how many times would i see you and and i loved everyone in your you 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 always hired talented people and very nice people but the thing that i would tell you multiple times is like you're my favorite thing about your band mm. and i i loved you as a songwriter and then as a fan of Andy Sido, not just a friend, but as a fan of your music, I understand that that growth period of wanting to, to, to get out of your element and try to push yourself as far as you can and be like a real rock and roller and just go out there and every night, not to say that you don't give it your all now, but I feel like, I feel like you're more concise. And the fact that it's a return to, the thing that I think you're really good at and then to get like this noticeable acceptance from the music world as far as the audience and, and the promotion side of it, you're getting this acceptance and you're kind of feeling like, Oh yeah, this is something I'm really good at. And then to have your number one influence be like, you're really good at this <laughs> and then help you make that record. You know what I mean? And as you've, naturally come to the conclusion where you're like yeah i love rocking out guitars and i love you know you know crash cymbals and stuff like that but i love it as far as how it helps the song i'm a songwriter i'm a mm -hmm. folk artist yeah for you to come to that point naturally and then for to have your number one influence acknowledge that and then make a record that to me is it's if you weren't, I've told you this already, but if you weren't my friend, I would still listen to this record and, and, and love it as much as I do. Mm. I, I think what a gift of, the, of, of a moment in time to kind of find, at least where you are now, this acceptance of what you're good at and what you do naturally, to have that come naturally to yourself and then have your number one artist help you make a record that's in that vein. That's wild. Yeah, it is. I don't know what else to say, but it's wild. And I, I don't think, I don't even know if he'd really heard any of my music before he agreed to do it, though. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think he was just like this. He's known I've been a fan for a long time. He's been seeing me come to shows since yeah, I was a teenager. And I think he was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
and I think he liked the songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but... but well, he, uh, I, I said this a bunch of times. He could have easily said no. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think... Yeah, but he he was... Um, I don't know if he'd heard any of my music before he said yes. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, he but he, for, he agreed to do it and and then had a lot of lyrical critique critiques too, which is really what I needed. Yeah, I, yeah. And I think I think I'm going to become a much better songwriter and a much better producer and just better in general from the experience, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, you know, having somebody critique your lyrics who has done it so many more times. Yeah. But also I trust, you know, there's not that part of me that's like, uh, I, I don't know. So many lyrical critiques come from people that have an expectation of how things can sound. And, and I, I, I only really want critiques from total strangers who know nothing about music yeah, yeah. and people who know what I'm going for as an artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like, I don't, like a lot of those music supervisors, like, I don't care. Because what they're chasing is something is way, not what I'm chasing. way, way different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what, what you think, you know, yeah. can you place this or not? Yes, no, let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, he is somebody that I just totally trust because I've heard every single one of his songs that he's put out commercially. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I love it. And I love everything that he does and all the changes he's been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, that was really nice. It was really helpful for me where I, I really feel like on my next round of songs that I write, I'll be able to critique myself in a similar way. Yeah, yeah. Go back and look at it and kind of put that hat on. Yeah. Um, not Maybe not, not as well as him, of course, but... Yeah. A, bez, a better version of yourself. A better version of myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... That, yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. That's so cool, man. Like... Um. Because I think about, like, we have other friends that are, you know, just, I feel like they're, they were so sure of themselves from such an early age, you know what I mean? That, and they just go for it, you know? And it's admirable and and you, and it. It's really cool to see somebody stick to their guns mm-hmm. early on and just power through it. But you and I were kind of like, at least when we were first becoming friends, we were kind of bags in the wind, not just musically, but like who we are as people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, were, we had identities, but we weren't comfortable to walk up to a stranger and be like, this is what I'm about. You know what I mean? Right. And then to see the kind of the changes in ourselves personally, obviously, but then also musically. And then to get to this point where in the same year we've recorded these records that are pretty, at least for the time being, definitive and confident saying, this is what I value in music and in life. I think it's so cool and and and, and kind of sweet to be to be able to look at each other right now. Like every phone call we have is like I say, "Look at what you did." And you go, "Look at what you did." You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's different. Most, most people we know hundreds of musicians that are infinitely more talented than us. Mm-hmm. But don't get this opportunity. You know what I mean? And so I think it's pretty wild to be in this position that we're in, you know? And I think it's, uh, I guess because I'm, I think because of the last two episodes that I was on, I was very like timid and like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. To come into this situation and be like, wow, you, I, you, you, you really never, never know just, what can happen like there's that the voice in your head but that voice in your head tends to be a little bit on the negative side of things you know yeah. what i mean well if i think of people you know interested parties if you listen to all three of our interviews <laughs> that we've had moms. together yeah our moms <laughs> yeah i mean there's definitely i mean you're being interviewed so it's probably more noticeable with you but just different different parts of life right yeah. different different parts of life but talk, talking about the things that you've done lately yeah i mean when I first met you, you, 
had not graduated high school. Yeah. You still haven't. <laughs> that was, no, you no. did not have a driver's license. Yeah, yeah. You did get a driver's license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you were sort of this... I don't even know how to describe it. You're sort of this boy, <laughs> like very immature in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, you know, like school is not for me. Licenses aren't for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girls aren't for me. Like, yeah, yeah. fuck everything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like I play harmonica with everybody. And, yeah. it, you know, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you were you were playing, you know, like, I mean, you were, had your owner endorsement and you were... I mean, you were just this, like, really weird kid yeah. that did not do any normal kid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who had this one thing <laughs> that he was really, really, really good at. And sort of, because of that, you sort of found family everywhere. Yeah. Right? You found family me. at a blues jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and to see where you've, where you've come, I mean... We've had the the whole conversation about the weight on the last episode, yeah, yeah. which I know has been a, is still a struggle for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've acknowledged it and said, "What do I need to be happy?" Yeah, yeah. Um, you've you've said, "Fuck high school," and that's cool <laughs> though. I mean, like you've just you're just like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you've. It's also weird at 25 to be like Billy Madison and be like, I'm going back. <laughs> well, yeah, but also now, you know what's so cool, though, is now you don't have to. <laughs> like, well, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you got right. If the music thing doesn't work out. But um, I don't know. You've, you've just, like, evolved so much. Yeah. And you have, you just put out this record that's really good with world-class players. Yeah. And wow. And doing something that you're passionate about, you know, in we never would have guessed when we first met it at 16 and 20 or however old we were yeah. that you were going to make a children's record. Yeah. Or that you would be making a folk record with Andrews Osborne. Yeah. It, it's just, um, but you did. Yeah. You know? And that's got to feel good. And you've also, you're also kind of a perfectionist in a weird way. Like yeah. You've made other, you made two really good EPs and didn't put either of them out commercially. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my mom held up her end of the deal. She made a sweet album artwork. Yeah, it's, it's dope. Yeah. But you, it's out now. I mean, yeah. you've got something out. You're, you're in knee deep, whether you like it or not. Where, where are you going next i mean what does the next year look like for you well i'm just trying to figure out that as 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 it goes along because i i i've never been the artist in charge you know what i mean i've always been the harmonica player the buddy of somebody else which i love i love that role but i i felt this need to do something on my own so i didn't um, it's always easier to critique somebody as far as how they're leading something when you don't have the same responsibilities. Hmm. And I felt this tendency in me to critique certain things about people. And I felt like, okay, no matter how valid you feel that your opinions, opinions are, unless you're in charge or at least have experience of being in charge with something, shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was enough motivation to be like, all right, I should put out something that's mine. And, but I, I'm like you and it's like, you want to be an artist about it too. So it's like, what is passion? What is passionate enough for me to put something out and like writing singer songwriter stuff, although I loved it, didn't come natural to me and being an uncle mm -hmm. is very natural to me because I don't have an, a choice in the matter. So, but you put the two together, I put the two together and then th this feels like me, you know, I yeah. feel this thing that I feel like you have that our buddy Taylor has that anyone we know that is uh, out there trying to promote their own songs have that basic thing of like, this is me and I want to get it out there this children's music thing feels like me. So I'm just trying to discover this world, not only as 
kind of this niche market of of a children's artist, children's music, family music artist, but also as this kind of front, you know, person, you know? Yeah. These are two very new things to me. And so I'm just trying to follow the lead. Luckily, I have a, a few leads, you know, in my life, people to follow, not just friends and see how they go about it, but also little the little village foundation who put out the record and everyone that is behind that foundation they've all kind of taken me under their wings and so i'm just trying to absorb as much as i can and try to say yes to all the things that feel right that involve this new record yeah so as far as what that leads me for the next year i don't know do you do you feel like you're no longer your own worst enemy Do you? <laughs> <laughs> some ways, yes. Some ways, no, you know? Yeah. Because life shows up in Because different... you did feel that way, right? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was worthless. <laughs> you don't feel like I'm my own worst enemy. You feel yeah, like, sure, sure. You feel like you're worthless. I was putting it in yeah, yeah. commercial terms. Yeah, yeah. No, I do, I do feel a little more on my side. Yeah. Um... Because I feel like I'm not hurting anybody mm. with this music. It doesn't feel, and also doesn't feel arrogant. It just feels, whether somebody likes it or not, I hope the thing that they come across is that it's it's compassionate and it's not meant for attention. I made it for people to enjoy, you know? Yeah. So. Do you have any expectations or any, not even expectations, do you have any desires Attention wise, I mean, I, I know we do this because we have to, and there's nothing else we could do, whether anyone else was listening or not. But obviously, you know, I want to sell out the Bluebird or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where do you sit with that? This this world feels like it's bigger than what I'm used to. Like uh, for the longest time, you even it's funny. I guess I talked about it a lot because you br- bring it up. Was like for the longest time, all I wanted to do was play acoustic guitar, harmonica on the rack, and just open for people and just be that guy that opens for people. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? when that was your goal, I remember yeah, we'd yeah. be sitting, sitting around. You know, me and you, or you, me and Taylor, or yeah. AJ was yeah, yeah. there, and we'd be saying, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna." Y- your goal, yeah, was like, I, you know, I, I want to open that tour for Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never had the. I'd like to sell out gothic theater sites yeah, 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 around yeah. the country. No, I never did. And but now with the children's music, I feel like there's this potential and I just want to see part of me is a little still a little gun shy about the whole thing where I'm mm. like, I don't know, is this this world it's real big. This yeah. this world I'm playing in now is real big. Mm-hmm. Um even though it's like a niche market, to me it feels huge. And so there are goals like I, I'm at the point now where I'm like, because I'm such a my family is close, very close family. I worry about my niece and nephew financially, you know, and I worry about my parents as they get older. And it's I feel people I, I think people see the more realistic side of children's music than if I was like, oh, I want to be a pop star you know what i mean (laughs) which would be hilarious if i wanted to be a pop star but yeah so people are i think are a little more like okay we can see how that works you know what i mean um but i just because people see it and i can kind of see it doesn't mean that it's a guarantee so i think a, a a real goal is like to be able to provide for the family i already have let alone like that theoretical family that people envision you know you know with like a marriage and stuff like that i i already have family to look after and i would like to provide for them as far as like lofty goals i would like to be able to play a festival with a bunch of my friends for families and have it just be a full-on rock and roll circus for kids and their parents if i can have you know everyone that played on this record or anything like that just a bigger sound and just like throw down the way you would want to throw down at you know a sold out night at red rocks if we could do that for families 
at least once or twice just to see just to experience that of of you know bringing it down you know bringing the house down tearing it down for you know little ones and their families i think that would be cool and then i have like other goals like you know in the back of my mind i was thinking this before i moved out to california um I did have this thing of like, oh, I'd like to make a song for like, like an art house animate movie for families or something like that, you know? So there's little things like, not little things, but there's things like that that don't necessarily come in my mind all the time. I think right now I'm more concerned about like that playing live for families thing. But there yeah. are like these little lofty dreams that kind of show up and float around here and there. Mm. I don't even know what to say next. Yeah. I was just thinking about the fact as you're finishing up, the fact that like there's gonna be a spin off podcast called Conversations with Nick. Because <laughs> we're gonna do this like every year. <laughs> well, okay, so I was thinking about that because people might I also don't want to like bring your branding down. So <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm not gonna come back on the to this thing as an interview or as a conversation. Or as like a co-host, <laughs> you don't bring my branding down. Nick. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna do. I again. do that to myself. I have two more episodes that I'll ever do. Okay. For middle class. Okay, rockstar. we'll see. And it's, it's, it's. He made it, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. Now I can do this, and look how far, and look how far anything's possible. Or it's like, yeah, man, I just can't do it. <laughs> like, and be the the middle class rock star story where it's just like the guy who tried got to this thing and then was just like yeah i just like got my ged you know went to <laughs> night school those are the two options where i feel We're like they're keep would talking be, every year it feels like there'd be insight for people that are listening yeah those two reasons do you think there's any insight in this episode i do think so because like i feel like um there my own personal progression with the, the two episodes is like yeah. I went from like, you know, I'm just trying to hang out to like, I don't know what's going on to like, oh, I made this, this cool project that I'm really passionate about. And then maybe people who know you or maybe who have kind of gotten a sense of your personality through the podcast and through maybe following your music might have this like, Ooh, you know, he's got this thing that's coming. Because honestly, dude, I think you're, this record that you have, um, regardless of like what happens to it, because that stuff ultimately doesn't matter. Yeah. What you did is something that is very serious and nobody can take it away from you. And I feel like the, you are the middle class rock star. You are the guy who's trying out everything, trying to learn from everybody, trying to figure out how do I make this work? And to, to reach this stage in your life as an artist, whether people realize it or not yet, is, I think, significant um, for the people that are listening to this as like kind of like a, a story or an ad advice show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's insightful. It's something that uh, Anders said when we were going over lyrics um, was you and I could never play another note again and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Along the lines of what you just said, and I thought, wow, that, it makes me really depressed. Yeah, yeah. But then also, and I've thought about this too before, and it also makes, it also takes the load off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, totally, yeah. There's, there's, there's this, um, it doesn't really matter, so do whatever you're going to do when you do it kind of thing. But then there's also a gratitude thing, because gratitude has been proven to help people's moods. Mm. where you could die tomorrow and be completely unknown, mm -hmm. go away even within the small community that we're kind of known in, in the Colorado community. That's like for the younger people that we know four years before they go like, oh, yeah, Andy Sitto. And then maybe one generation of like the older people kind of transitioning as well. And then you're just like gone mm -hmm. unless you know outside of your family um 
but the experience that you had the, the 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 experience that your consciousness your your conscious self got to experience discovering yourself as an artist growing as an artist finding a, a specific artist that moved you and then getting to the point where you made a record with that person solidifying like yourself as a as an artist to experience that on your own is like a huge you know a huge win absolutely yeah absolutely well now that we've just patted each other on the back for an hour (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) i'll see you in a year and you know we started off the episode with a song i'm gonna end the episode um with a song as well off the new record yeah it's amazing and i yeah it's really good i'm really proud of you it's a great record and uh i don't know just keep going man i will i got an idea for a new one already a new song new album oh a whole album just a sound but who cares what's the sound i don't want to talk about it oh next episode yeah maybe (laughs) all right love you buddy thanks (laughs) for coming on thanks dude that's nick clark the chairman of middle class rock star guests he's been on the most love you nick thanks for coming on the show it's always a blast um yeah (laughs) check out his new record we just plugged it but check out his new record it's really really good and i meant what i said actually i don't know if i said it on on the microphone or not but it's like the shrek of children's albums it's not just for kids you will love it you'll be entertained it's called love your life songs for the whole family and uh i think we'll play out with one of those songs and um yeah that's that okay great uh if you'd like to help out the podcast in a non-monetary way give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listening wherever you listen especially apple Podcasts. it really just takes a second and is a huge help um if you'd like to help out in a monetary way i'm i'm on patreon at patreon.com slash andy sido s-y-d-o-w uh you can contribute for as little as three dollars a month and i appreciate it so so much uh, any comments, questions, concerns, hate mail, or death threats, you can send them to me at middleclassrockstar at gmail.com. Till next time. Might be next week. Might be in like six weeks. But until next time, enjoy yourselves, be good to each other, and I'll talk to you soon. Why is it that your dinosaur is so funky, baby? <laughs>
the soul.